Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Catching Up with Captains. We're joined today by Graham Smith, who played for the Pioneers in 2016 and was a captain in 2017. Graham, how you been, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, let's start with kind of filling people in with where you are now. What are you doing um, with your life post-college soccer? Yeah, so after I graduated from Denver, I got uh, drafted to Sporting Kansas City uh, in MLS, and I spent four years playing for them, and then I'm going into my second year playing with uh, Memphis 901 right now. So just, just been keeping with it. Talk a little bit about the QSL. I know you've only been in there for a season, and you're about to start your second, but talk a little bit about the USL and since I think a lot of people that post on this might not know a lot about it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a really good experience um, over last year. We had a lot of success and heading into this year, pretty optimistic, but um, I didn't really know what to expect making the change last year. Um, but I've been really pleasantly surprised with the level and the guys um, you know, kind of similar to the group we had in Denver. It's just uh, our, our team was comprised of a lot of guys who kind of got written off a little bit. So they they had, you know, a lot of bite to their game and a willingness to work hard. And I think that gave us a lot of success. So I've, I've had nothing to put good things to say about that so far. Let's flash back to your college soccer career a little bit. You started uh, two years at Oregon State. You actually played Denver uh, in the 2014 NCAA tournament, had the game-winning assist. Talk a little bit about what you what you remember from that game in 2014. I just remember it's probably the reason I ended up at Denver, uh, so I like it for that for that respect. Um, no, I, I guess I'll kind of touch a little bit on – this is a good segue into it, but – Coming out of high school, Denver was always a place that I wanted to go. Um, Jamie was actually recruiting me as an assistant at the time. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So I went to Oregon State. Um, and kind of as I made it through my first year there and into my second, I kind of got this feeling that it wasn't really what I wanted out of my college experience, both athletically and academically. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of kept in contact with Jamie because we had a really good relationship um, throughout there. And I reached out to him. Uh, I came in on a quote unquote recruiting visit as a transfer. And just because I lived in the area and I was able to pop in. I remember sitting with him in the office and on every other recruiting visit, the coaches are telling you how good you are, like how we're going to you're going to play here. You're going to be so good. But. With Jamie, it was he was highlighting film, and he was like, "This is what you need to work on. This is how you can get better." And I remember being in that meeting, like, "Oh, like this is more of what I want. Like, I don't want to just coast through college athletically and academically. Like, this is where I want to be." Um, and then I also remember Levi at the time continually saying, "Like, you know, this is going to be hard. It's not going to be easy." It's hit over and over again to the point where I was like, what's going on here? But that was that was really when I heard that and I, I heard the standard that they set for the guys and amongst themselves. I knew it was just kind of where I wanted to be. Um, 
it was the best decision I could have made. So talk about what it was like because the 2015 team was unbeaten too, and but had the really tough loss against SMU uh, in the 2015 NCAA tournament before you got here. To talk a little bit about because we talked a little bit about it a couple weeks ago with uh, one of our guests, but talk about what that offseason and that preparation was like as somebody coming into the program brand new, even though you were f- familiar with it, but you were coming in the program new. Talk about how hungry the team seemed to be after that, after that 2015 loss, getting ready for 2016. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to it on the episode with Sam where he, and obviously I wasn't privy to this conversation, but after that loss against SMU, there was kind of a message from Sam and amongst the team of like, we're not going to feel like this again. And as an outsider stepping into that environment, um, even though I didn't experience it firsthand, uh, you could still tell that there was a ton of fire burning, kind of like Schweitzer talked about as well, but there was a hunger to achieve more. Um, and kind of the standard was being raised and, and a feeling that like, you know, do you use a program that can compete at the top level of college soccer? And now it's the time to go prove it. Um, so you definitely got the feeling that a foundation had been laid and, and just needed a little bit more of a push to get to get to where we wanted and, and achieve our goals there. Let's talk about the 2016 team now, because obviously that was the highlight in your college soccer career. What are some of the things that you, I mean, you've obviously listened to the episodes that we've done previously, but what are some of the things that you take away the most from that 2016 season? So many things. I mean, I've obviously I have the memories of, you know, conference league finals and beating Clemson to go to a final four. And those things stand out as athletic high points, I guess you would say. But what I really kind of remember and cherish the most is is the relationships that I had with with the guys and my teammates and the coaching staff as well. Um, I was just thinking about it earlier. There was such a buy-in to the culture that, you know, Jamie and the staff created that everybody was willing to push themselves and buy in for the team, figure out how they could bring value to the organization. And, you know, again, I was thinking about this one. One of the main things that I remember from that is I'll just highlight two guys, Kyle Morlack and Dan Mooney. Um, those are two guys who great players, like really, really good guys. And they were in positions where they weren't probably getting as much game time as they would have wished. And just because of the culture and what has been created at Denver, those guys looked and tried to find how they could bring value to the organization. And for them that year, it was driving the level and raising the standard in trainings, um, bringing good vibes, making sure everyone was prepared for when games come. Um, and I have so much respect for those guys. And there were more as well, but just those two guys specifically, they, they always brought it and they, they did what they could to push the team forward. And as a, you know, throughout these last six years as a professional, I've been in positions similar to that where you're standing on the team a little bit lower and it's kind of a helpless feeling. And just to see what they did in 16 
is so selfless. It's it's really admirable and something that sticks with me still. Talk a little bit about the. I think one of the things that stands out to me about the culture, because I agree with you, it's it's great in its complete sense. But one of the things that stands out to me about the culture compared to maybe some other teams that I've been around is the level of accountability that captains or leaders or stuff within the organization have with the other players on the team. There's not a lot of sugarcoating when you do something wrong. It's it's honesty, but it doesn't come from a place of yelling, screaming, mad at, whatever. It comes from a, hey, this is unacceptable. This can't happen again. Let's get better as a team. Um, is, is that something that you noticed too? And is it something that was kind of difficult to adjust and maybe – other cultures that you've played in since that I'm not saying that they aren't good cultures too, but, but that are different than that. Yeah. So to answer the first point, I think that when, when you're trying to set the standard that Jamie envisioned and that all the guys, you know, everybody buys into that. Everybody plays a part in it. You're going to have some uncomfortable conversations, but as long as they're coming from a place of, truly caring about who you're having that dialogue with it's a lot easier to be truthful and honest and have those tough conversations like maybe you're going to hurt somebody's feelings for a moment but if they know where it's coming from they know that it's you're only doing it because you have their best interest in mind and to answer your second part of that i think that in the professional setting, there's everything's a lot more selfish. Like, you know, it's your career. You're kind of only thinking about yourself. So it's difficult to have those authentic conversations with people and have it come from a similar place. Um, so I, I think that, you know, and if Jamie was here, he would talk about how he was always pushing me to be more of a vocal leader and more demanding on guys. And I remember having conversations with him where I was like, I don't think this is my leadership style. Like I can't do this. If I yell at Will Palmquist or AJ or somebody like, I'm going to be thinking about it for a week. Like, do they hate me? Do they not want to be my friend? You know, but I, I think that he did a really good job of communicating with me that, you know, they, they know who you are as a leader and as a person and that you really care about them. You're doing them a disservice if you don't hold them to a higher standard. So I think that's that's the biggest thing there. It seems to me, too, the, because because I agree, I, I even heard him say that a lot about you, like you, that you need to be a more vocal leader. It's interesting to me because you watch, um, I'm going to just say the average player, develop that from their freshman year up until they're a captain in the senior year but you obviously transferred into the program right before your junior year is it almost something where you kind of felt like gosh I really got to grow up quickly here because I only have two years it's not like I can ease into this and kind of learn and ease into the culture I like I'm already a junior I'm in the second half of my college career already I gotta dive right into this yeah I, I would say that there's definitely an element of that at the time. I wasn't thinking that way just because I, you know, I came in halfway through my sophomore year. So it was more like two and a half years, which is a, a lot of time to spend with these guys. And I had kind of previous relationships with 
a good group of them before. But I would say this is also something Scott touched on that because I'm similar to him, that I'm a leader who leads by example, first and foremost, it's a lot easier to build that trust and relationship with guys. So you don't feel like you're racing against the clock to be this demanding guy um, as a captain. Uh, if they, they see the work you put in and, and that you're doing it on a daily basis, it's a lot easier to have that feel authentic and natural. Um, so, yeah. I think one of the things about the culture that we don't, that we haven't touched on enough with guys yet is the academic part of the culture. You mentioned it before when you were considering the move from Morgan State to here that you didn't necessarily have either the athletic or the academic experience that you wanted and that that was important to you. Uh, you were an academic All-American in 2017. Just kind of talk about what the program demanded both in and out of the classroom. Well, yeah. A big thing is that Jamie talked about is the commitment continuum. Um, there are different levels on it. Uh, the goal, you want to be obsessed. You want to be hardworking. You want it to drive every decision you make, every action you make, um, not just athletically, but academically as well. And Denver DU is really uniquely positioned with the, you know, the 11 to 1 student-faculty ratio. Um, that if you put your best foot forward and really care about development as a student and, and gaining knowledge and what you care about, there's nothing that's going to hold you back. Um, and to answer your question more directly, when I would look around the house and I'd see Alex Underwood grinding, AJ grinding, Scott, Nick Gardner, you know, all of these guys working so hard and so dedicated to their academics, it made it really easy. Like they were just really good examples to me to be like, you know, if they're doing this, I should be doing this as well. And the knowledge that I've taken out of that education is so valuable. And, and it's, yeah, it, like I talked about earlier, the making the transition to Denver was the best thing possible for me. That's awesome, man. Um, talk a little bit about life outside of soccer. What interests do you have outside soccer and uh, how's, how's life in Memphis? It's good. Yeah, I'd say my main interest outside of soccer is uh, a fiance now and a dog. and That takes up a lot of my time. I like golfing when I get the chance. Game's in a good place right now. I was just golfing before this. Uh, kind of a nice release to get away from soccer. So that's that's what I really like doing. I miss being enough decent at golf that like I enjoyed it because I hadn't played for so long. And then it's just like, you have to really dedicate yourself to get back into it in order to enjoy it. Oh, Nico, it's like riding a bike, dude. <laughs> I went to Top Golf and and uh, it was not like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, talk a little bit about, uh, what advice you have for the current pioneers, um, about, about the experience and the hype after college and how you, I, I think you've touched on earlier in this, but how you've taken that experience and, and kind of applied it to your life. Yeah, 
I think the, you know, everyone's situation is unique and everyone has different skill sets. I think it's having a growth mindset, which is another thing that Jamie really preached and something that stuck with me is, is having a growth mindset and being hardworking in whatever you're doing. Um, knowing that you don't know everything and you always have stuff to learn and can improve, but knowing that it won't just come to you like that, you have to work at it and you have to seek out um, that information that's gonna make you more valuable to whatever you're doing. Um, and then the second point on that is, this is something that I, I was listening to Scott talk about that really has so much truth is surrounding yourself with people who you kind of aspire to be. Um, they'll kind of drive you forward and you know, I, I know I'm talking about the culture at Denver a lot that Jamie created, but I'm just so proud of it. And it was so beneficial. Like when I was in that environment with those guys, they made me such a better human being, um, better son, better brother, better friend, um, just from them constantly pushing me to to be better and being really good examples. So that's that's kind of the advice I'd give. And and the the thing that you miss in your list that you mentioned by saying that you're engaged is that you'll also be a better husband and a better father and stuff in the future too because of everything that Jamie put out there. So congratulations on that. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing all about it when it's done. Welcome to the club. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, that's it for this week's Catching Up with Captains uh, with Graham Smith, and uh, we'll be back next week for more. Thanks, Graham. Yeah, thank you.